Welcome to Eerie Query, the podcast for three best friends today for share weird tales and weirder questions all from a queer perspective. I'm Allie Linden and I'm joined with Jordan Graham, Bree Brubaker, and Nettie Pine. <laughs> Nettie is our very special guest. Um, for those of you who can't tell between uh, mine and Allie's voice yet, aka this is, us, this is Bree. <laughs> um, Nettie and I used to work together, and I think the very first day I met her, I was like, we are going to be good friends, and you really have no choice. (laughs) Well, to be fair, our very first conversation was you overhearing me and another coworker talking about our most recent D&D game, and you leaned over and went, hi, are you guys talking about D&D? And I was just like, okay, this is my friend now. (laughs) Sold. And, uh... It was funny because I didn't actually know I, there was a coworker that we hadn't yet met, and I didn't know it was going to be you on our team. But when I engaged in those conversations, so it was a happy surprise. Mm-hmm. And here, a couple years later, we're harassing you into being on our mm-hmm. podcast. Yay! Oh, come on! Like you had to twist my arm so hard. <laughs> we can't, you know, judo. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. Like, close enough. Fair. Oh, um, we do just a small disclaimer. We have Nettie's adorable pup, Bo Over. And by pup, we mean, like, giant beast, but so cute. (laughs) And you might hear him right now breathing in the mic. He heard his name. I think we may need to start, as we reference these things, because we've talked about our cats and pets. I think we, and Jordan's shirt with the Oreo on it, you know the one. Double stuff me, daddy. That one has come up in conversation at work. <laughs> people want to know what it is like it's 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 come up it's on people's minds and i feel like maybe <laughs> i need to start sharing links on our oh. <laughs> that is what we had discussed yeah but i think uh i think we may need to start sharing links on our twitter so if that's something you'd like to see please engage with me because if i have to just tweet to a blank audience ben i ben Plus Ben. Ben <laughs> likes every single one of my tweets. And he, I give him so much shit. But that man is so damn supportive. He yes. is. <laughs> my, my husband even follows her. <laughs> he only follows the a million Elon Musks on Twitter right now. He does think that's quite amusing. <laughs> His favorite Elon Musk is Doja Cat Elon Musk. Yes. Um, so the Supreme. Funny. Yes. Speaking of Ben, uh, my query today is actually in honor of him. Oh. It has been brought to my attention that I maybe razzed him a little too hard. <laughs> um, when his father listened to the I podcast? Didn't know. I didn't, didn't know. No, and honestly, like that is how Ben and I play. Um, like we just harass the shit out of each other. And he mostly yeah. I harass the shit out of Ben and he's like <laughs> Whatever. And the non-engagement is harassment for Yes. Me. <laughs> and he knows it. So it's sport. Um, so for those of you listening, I do like Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry <laughs> that I gave the perception that I want to murder him because I do not. If I'm not I edit sorry. this, I'm cutting all of that out. <laughs> I just had to like cut it to like I hate Ben. 
I hate Ben. <laughs> I want to murder him. <laughs> I have plenty of words to work with in this podcast. This is terrible. Way off topic already. Um, but what I, what I was trying to say is, Ben, this one's for you. Um, <clears throat> if there is an 80s classic rock band that exudes the same energy as you, what would it be? I, I, it doesn't have to be a band necessarily. I know that Ben's personal favorites generally are bands. Does it have to be 80s rock? What if it's 80s not rock? Um, but it's still similar. I 80s thought alt. he was into like the yacht rock. He is, I but I like... It doesn't matter what you like. This okay. is for Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you, but I owe him one. True, true. I will comply. It can be it can be individual artists, I think, not necessarily a band. band. Okay. Fair, yeah. fair. Yeah. So unfortunately, my all of my coworkers always have to turn it to the 80s station at work. So that's like all I hear all day long. So I'm very well versed in this topic. Yeah. Um, for me, I would probably go with like <laughs> Starship, because they're tacky as fuck. I don't we built this city oh okay okay thank you like i just want a like i want to exude a noise that no matter who you are nobody likes that song if you're walking and you hear we built this city come in you know you're in like a shopping mall because it is the only place that plays that song i love that i love you thank you i just want people around me to be slightly irritated and Mm -hmm. forced to be in my presence I love that. <laughs> you know what? That is kind of a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you are the mall of America. I am. <laughs> Anyone is welcome inside of me. <laughs> what about you, Allie? This isn't just your America. This is our America. <laughs> I'm going to throw out answers that start at alternative and get less alt until you say it's acceptable. Okay. First of all, Big Audio Dynamite. Mm-hmm. No. <sighs> Not alt, but U2. Okay. Well, I will allow you okay, too. Okay, I would be U2. Because as much as I hate emotions, do I fuck with that cold intro that starts and builds and builds and then gets to emotions? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Inside of me. Talk about somebody with a lot of Scorpio in their chart. <laughs> Secretly, there is emotion. Is Bono a Scorpio? I bet he is. Um, I'm actually named after Bono's wife. Oh. oh, yeah. I did know that. And my mom did not tell me this. And I was in high school when I found out. My mom claims I'm not. I have the same name. And Allie is spelled the exact same way as his wife, A-L-I. Mm-hmm. So I am without a doubt. Also, my mom was obsessed with Bono and met him a few times. Um, she snuck into hotels when he was in towns. She'd go to see him cities and she'd find the nicest hotel and then sneak into the kitchen and then into the elevator <gasps> to the top floor to go find him. Oh. And she got kicked out once and waited outside for two hours. And then he came outside and took pictures with her. Your mom's pictures with Bono. Oh yeah. Okay. That's yeah. So cool. I know she listens, so I'm like not trying to be a kiss ass, but your mom kicks ass. She does. She She's does. So cool. And I love how Bono's like emotional. You got that Irish Catholic background. Um, yeah. you also got like everyone razzes Bono. Um, yeah. like my favorite joke is, "What's the difference between God and Bono?" It. What, what is the difference between God and Bono? God knows he's not Bono. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> 
I'd love a delusional asshole. Yes! I aim to be one. <laughs> yeah, so mine would definitely be you too. I what about Bree? What are you? Oh, it, yeah. I think we should skip to Nettie first. I was oh, going to say no. we haven't asked, like, we'll have to Guess ask Nettie. Come last. You, Guests you, are like okay, the prime can... spot. <laughs> okay, well, I wanted to say garbage, but garbage was actually formed in 1993. Mm. Um, so I actually. That's fine because I I would be represented best I think by Blondie. Oh, um, not Journey. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> no, no. Today I'm supposed to be nice to Ben <laughs> and his taste. No, I am not Journey, but Journey is a lovely band. We're lovely people. I'll disagree. Lovely, I'm not being nice to Ben today. <laughs> And their lovely yacht shoes. I just, like, remember, I went to a German restaurant where they had a live band that only played <laughs> Journey. And when Journey, when when that Journey song came on, the one I repressed from my memory, that the Glee song. I just call it the Glee song. Just the city, boy. Don't Stop believing. Don't Stop believing. That's not even, like, a Glee song. Like, people play yeah. it at their weddings. Yeah. Every It is everywhere. You cannot escape that song. Yeah, but everywhere, like... Everyone stood up on the tables and swung their beers around and stomped to Don't Stop Believing. And I don't know why, but I've just never been more disturbed in my life. I told Ben he either got Don't Stop Believing or Piano Man. He only gets one at the wedding, but not both. The unstoppable force meets the immovable object. (laughs) Piano Man was chosen. A Piano Man is a fair... Okay. He'll be glad you approve. I I did not say that. (laughs) I... Oh... Nice. Yes. It 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 was the right choice. I I can say that confidently. It was the right choice. True. But anyways, Blondie. 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 Um I think especially um the song One Way or Another, I'm yes. getting at ya. Um because it's not even that she's in love with it. She's just is gonna get what she wants. Yeah. However she wants. And also, I don't know, you have, like, Heart of Glass. Like, she's emotional, but she's also a bad bitch. Bonnie, she is. Um, yeah, I loved it. Like, yeah. oh, right Iconic. Yeah. She's incredible. Um, so, yeah, she's she's an icon. She's fabulous. Um, I actually wear shirts with Debbie Harry on them Debbie at F. work. And my boss is always like, who's that? <laughs> Which I think is very funny. And um, I think it's funny because I could also see you before big meetings or with coffee or snack or with a friend being, I'm going to get you, get you, get you. And like, and like, uh, one way. Oh, yeah. um, When I submit for a contract. Yes. Yeah. I'll be like prepping a contract and be like, (laughs) anyway, that's welcome for my humming. And our guest star. Oh, God. This is going to be an incredibly anticlimactic answer because I'm the worst person to ask this question to because I did not listen to 80s rock. Oh, that's fine. At all. You <laughs> are I, very lucky. None of us are act like there's there's some good 80s. Blondie, it's good 80s rock. Yep. too. It's good 80s rock. Sure. Yeah. Um, but this is a show for queers. <laughs> so it's Fair. okay. Fair point. So the thing is, one of the very few 
like 80s rock groups that I'm even remotely familiar with any of their songs is Bon Jovi. Yeah. I knew you were going to be Bon Jovi. Because it was a thing in my undergrad. Oh. It, it is a thing. Notre Dame is obsessed with Bon Jovi. Really? They visited like a bunch of times. They play all of their songs all the time at every party ever. The marching band plays their songs. So I'm having a hard time remembering literally any Bon Jovi song. Um, so I oh, what's wow. the big one? Yeah, whenever so whenever um I used to live with my old roommate back in a small town. Uh she, yeah, it was my friend in a lonely world. In a lonely world. Oh, sorry. She used to um, work third shift, and she would need me to. She would have trouble waking up, mm-hmm. so I would connect to her Bluetooth speaker, and it would be the um, the song that goes like, "She sings a song of the broken hearted," and I'd always whip my head around the door and go, "Bomb, bomb, bomb!" <laughs> at that part every time, she'd wake up and piss herself awake. I love that. <laughs> that is how we used to wake up underclassmen. Really? Uh, when I was, yeah. I so know. Nutty is Bon Jovi because Bon Jovi, first of all, good. Second okay. of all, like a nice person. Mm-hmm. Uh, committed to his family and his band. There's never any Bon Jovi drama. Why do you know all of these things? My okay, Ben okay. also would be Bon Jovi. That's true. And Ben would approve Ben see that yeah. is a great representation for Ben. Yeah. And in in a <laughs> not even sarcastic and very kind mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like both of you are similar in those traits and in your, like, um, how you see the people around you. You're just very lovely people. Really optimistic. And yeah. the best in people. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Bon Jovi <laughs> is just truly that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I knew literally nothing about Bon Jovi. My mom and sister. That's worldwide. Pitbull! <laughs> I stand Pitbull. This is a Pitbull Pitbull stand account. Take your hairless rat. (laughs) No, I don't love Pitbull. I'm not like attracted to Pitbull, but Pitbull was pro-vaccine. Oh. He has donated money. So everybody was all up Dolly Parton and rightfully so. I am obsessed. Mm -hmm. She is my hero. Also the model of my favorite D&D character. (laughs) But Pitbull was doing some similar shit. He's got um, an honorary doctorate, so that's why I call him Dr. Worldwide. Oh my gosh. Because people need to respect, put some respect on his name. (laughs) Dr. Worldwide. I don't even think I like his music. I just like, I just think it's funny. Also, my mom texts me Pitbull lyrics all the time. That's so funny. (laughs) It's just because... Okay, the I'm, bigger they are, the harder they fall. These biggity boys and diggity dogs. <laughs> like Miley Silas grows up, sweating in my front. Are you reading? Or is this from your brain? This is from your brain? Face down, booty up. <laughs> I don't, you can't see my face, but I am shocked. And you were disrespecting. Slicker than oil spill. You were disrespecting <laughs> Dr. Worldwide. No. And not that one. It's the one where he rhymes Kodak with Kodak. Oh, God. Because <laughs> my mom and I were in the car. And it was like, Kodak, Kodak. Eh, what a great rhyme. <laughs> he should be entered in a poetry slam. And this was before I knew that he was actually, like, a decent person. Also, this was a while ago that I read he was a decent person. So if he's not a decent <laughs> person, he's 
feel free to correct me. But from what I remember, he's a decent guy. So, um, but also still a man. So my mom will just text me every once in a while and be like, grab somebody sexy, tell him, hey. Hey! It's like, oh, stop, stop texting me. But also, I love it. Please don't stop. It's hilarious. Anyway, back to our scary podcast. Yeah. Thank you for being Bon Jovi, Medi. Yeah. You're welcome. I guess. <laughs> Did you have any insight as to why you were Bon Jovi? Or no, not that's even that's remotely. The one you knew? It's okay. the only one I know. Okay. That is so freaking funny because you just are. <laughs> Great. Glad that works out. <laughs> Thank you, Ben, for putting up with my bullshit. Life is to live it. Not to let it live you. <laughs> Stop it, Allie. We're done. Nettie. No, Nettie, you had some stuff to tell us. <laughs> so I don't have like ghostly encounters or anything like that. I will say I I do mostly believe in the paranormal. I think in maybe a different way than some of you guys do. I sort of very much fall into the camp of like, how like in ancient times, stuff that's normal and everyday for us and just science now, the paranormal to us now is just stuff we can't explain yet. Magic is unexplained. Science exactly. hasn't been fully granted. Exactly. Like, without proper funding. Yes. <laughs> yes, perfect. Um, so for me, I don't know. It's I don't really find paranormal stuff as scary. Probably because I haven't had any scary encounters or experiences but there's always some part of my brain when I hear a paranormal story just going, well, there's some explanation for that. Like, there's some logical explanation. It might actually be terrifying, but <laughs> I can be like, well, no, there's an answer. I just don't know what it is yet. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I do have stories about just, you know, brains are weird and do strange things to us. Mm. Um, I've had quite a few episodes of sleep paralysis and various other dysfunctional things um which is always fun and creepy love a casual sleep paralysis demon oh yeah yeah which i did i did have a very specific sleep paralysis demon for a while which i want to know everything (laughs) i really really hate that for you yeah because i've only ever had that one time so yes i have had sleep issues most of my life. So I fall asleep very easily. I'm not an insomniac or anything like that. But I've always been a sleep talker and a little bit of a sleepwalker, not severely. My mom used to call it, she could tap into my dreams. She'd like, when I was a kid, come in to check on me and my sister at night because we shared a room. And she said literally all she'd have to do would be like lean over and touch my arm and I would just start talking. And she was like, it was literally like, I could just be like, what you dreaming about? And I would start acting it out for her. Interesting. Yeah. Lucky you didn't out yourself that way. (laughs) I didn't know when I was that age. You didn't, but your subconscious might have. That's a fair point, actually. Thinking about some of the dreams I had, that's a very fair point, actually. You know. Uh, but yeah, so my family has tons of like ridiculous quotes and things of mm-hmm. things I said in my sleep. Uh, I love that. Oh yeah, there's a whole collection of them. I must see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want the book. 
I love that family lore, like, that will be passed down. Like, here is the book. <laughs> it's, it's not written down anywhere. It's just, oh, okay. it's like my mom being like, hey, remember when you said this in your sleep oh. and it was really dumb? And you're I like, no, I was asleep. A, I want it to be um, made into, like, a scrapbook. Yes. With, like, what you think might have been happening or, like, just some, like, artful representation. Uh-huh. And then the quote, like a, like a motivational poster (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so for some of them i i it's been too long now Mm -hmm. but for some of them i definitely could like remember Mm -hmm. and tell her the next day if she was like hey you said this in your sleep and i was like oh yeah i was dreaming xyz it made perfect sense in my sleep um the most memorable quote of all was she walked in to check on me and i sat bolt upright in bed and i said well, you're from Egypt. Get me a car. <laughs> so funny. To this day, I have no idea what that was about. I remember the dream. Demanding Moses bring you a car. Apparently. Yes. No, I, I was, the dream, I was vividly at my middle school. I was oh. in high school at the time. But yeah. I was like in the lobby of my middle school on the phone with someone and needed a car. And for some reason, the reason they were from Egypt was relevant. I don't know. <laughs> I think I put some of myself in there because I had a crush on the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> mm. So I was like, of course you'd be dreaming about the Prince of Egypt <laughs> and his brother. Mm. Anyway, I'm fine. The sister's fine, too. Um, my most memorable quote, because I also am a sleep talker, or I was, um, but not anything creepy like talking to pictures on the wall, <laughs> Benjamin. <Ooh. laughs> um, I said it was going to be nice. <laughs> um, we've made a couple references to me being a horse girl now a couple times. And um, I think it's just something that I'm going to have to lean into. And it's very clear because there, has been, there have been multiple occasions where my parents walked in and I just said, is it white? Did it have a white horn? Oh, <laughs> I just dream about unicorns all the time. When I was in early college, I was really embarrassed because I had a sleepover with my friends. And as I was falling asleep, you know that in between? Yeah. And I woke up as soon as I said this. But I go, we're all like getting ready for bed. I go, I love you, mama. Never in my life have I called anyone Mama. <laughs> And I was like a 19-year-old, like mortified that I was that one at the sleepover. That's so funny. Oh no. My mom remembers a sleepover she had in elementary school. It was like a first sleepover. And this girl was like, I can't fall asleep without somebody rubbing my butt. My mom rubs my butt every night. What? And that is just like you can't do like no matter what embarrassing shit you did, that's at least. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> she just wanted some butt rubs. We don't need to judge her. Give me the butt rubs, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just so funny. I don't know. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's you say one embarrassing thing and, you know, the people that were there for it tell their children and their yes. children tell their friends <laughs> and the podcast. <laughs> Living infamy. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in Connecticut. Mm. Sleep stuff is weird, though. It is weird, and mm-hmm. it is fascinating to me, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I did listen to the episode about Ben's picture talking and stuff <laughs> oh, literally just yesterday. So really? I was, was like, yeah, that was, like, 
super fresh in my mind yeah. and it cracks me up because I I had a recurring thing when I was a kid where I would sit up in bed and I had these sheets when I was a kid that had these huge roses on them all over. Very 90s, I don't know. And my mom would very frequently find me sitting up in bed grabbing at them and she'd be like, what are you doing, Nettie? And I would 100% of the time say, I'm looking for that thing. (gasps) My entire life, we never found out what that thing was, but I was always looking for it. I'm so just curious. constantly, I'm, I'm looking for that thing. What thing, Nettie? Oh, you know, that thing. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's all I could ever say was, you know, that, that thing. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's something that's going to come up later. Like, someday you find that thing. Like, like, <laughs> like, like oh, I've been looking this for was this the thing. forever. Yeah, for literally my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Still haven't figured out. It, it kind of makes love. sense. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so since I was young, that I have crazy dreams, yeah. lots of sleep issues, and things that I do in my sleep. But it became apparent as I got older that when I was stressed or you know in a poorer place, mental health wise, mm-hmm. I would start having sleep paralysis episodes, oh, no. which was not great the first time it happened it's it's really terrifying yeah i mean like if if you think like this sort of stereotypical description where it feels like you're awake it feels like everything is real and you cannot move uh and the first time i ever had an episode i just saw like an amorphous black cloud in the corner of the room i was like hmm that's terrifying, and I just couldn't move, and I, it's just, it wasn't so much that it looked that scary, but that for whatever reason, for reasons I could not explain in that moment, I was scared out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Was it, like, see-through at all, or was it, like, more, like, corporeal looking? It was very corporeal. I could not see, like, oh. the wall through it. I it think was, that's like, worse. Yeah. I didn't know you had one like that because that's the only one I've ever had. <gasps> My brother has had one as well. That it's actually relatively common. Really, experience sleep paralysis. So I actually have. I also have diagnosed sleep paralysis. Um, it comes because I get really low oxygen when I sleep. Oh, interesting. And um, I, that's something I used to see all the time too. The thing is, and I'm gonna ask permission before I tell like the whole story, and it's gonna be its own episode. But I wasn't stuck. I could move and it was still there. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I was like talking and freaking out. Oh no. And it was, it stayed Ooh. all night. Oh no. That's terrifying. Yes. And the rest of the story makes it a lot more terrifying. Like I can't think about it without crying. So you brought that up yeah. and I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, it's totally fine. It's just like, um, Maybe maybe I could convince myself it is sleep paralysis. <laughs> it is anyway. a common thing for people yeah, who experience sleep paralysis. Yeah, and terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a dementor. Like that's what I saw. It was like a dementor kind of, not more like ring wraith. It oh was yeah, fucking weird. Yeah, for me, it never really had a humanoid shape. It was just like just a like cloud. a cloud. Yeah. Mm. Huh. Um. 
Sometimes that's more scary, though, like it yeah. not being... an ominous... Yeah, yeah, just an ominous presence where I'm just, like... And I can't fight a terrified. cloud. Terrified. No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when there's some time, like, when a presence is wrong and your body says something's wrong, like, one time in Allie's house, you just don't, like, you just know that you need to trust your gut. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. So... In undergrad, I had a few sleep paralysis episodes. One was very bizarre. And, like, this is just, it's cool to me. It's more cool than creepy because it's, like, oh, how your sleeping brain, like, rationalizes things in a way that makes sense in retrospect, but at the time is very confusing. So I had an episode where I was having sleep paralysis, but I had also fallen asleep weird on one of my hands and my hand had gone numb and like my wrist was hurting very badly but I didn't know it Mm. and I dreamt this was I was living in the dorms and my dorm bed was lofted at the time my desk was underneath and I had an incredibly vivid sleep paralysis dream or hallucination that I had rolled out of bed and was falling in slow motion, and that on the way down to the ground, I broke my wrist <gasps> against the ladder. And, like, it was horrible because everything was going, like, millimeters a second. It was, oh. like, so slow. So I was like, I am Oof. breaking my wrist in slow motion, and I hit the ground, and everything hurt, and then I woke up, and everything still hurt. And I was like, oh, my wrist is, like twisted super yeah. badly and I need to get off my arm. I'll take the cloud over that any day. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the absolute worst series of horrible sleep paralysis events I had happened to me in grad school, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense because I was under a ridiculous amount of stress. Grad school can be a very hard time for some people. It was tough for me in a lot of ways great in a lot of other ways um but when I was going through um what we called there we called it generals most people call it qualifying exams or candidacy when I was in the time period leading up to that I was under a ton of stress preparing for these massive exams and I started having episodes almost weekly for a while Uh, for like a couple months running. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time where I actually had a very, very specific sleep paralysis demon or creature. Um, And it was this, I can only describe it as like a gray goblin thing. It was this little like hunched creature with very goblinoid features and a great big gray Uh. sack. And it would come and stack slabs of cement on my chest. Like, as if you had taken a square of a sidewalk and just lifted it up and plopped it on me. And it would stack a whole bunch of these up on me and then climb up and sit on top with its little sack. And I was like, it's trying to steal my breath, was what I felt at the time. Because a lot of times with sleep paralysis, Mm. it's like you feel like you cannot breathe because... Mm -hmm. Muscles are paralyzed and all that nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that little fellow visited me 
almost weekly for several months. Oh. Yeah. That's such <laughs> I, a metaphor. Right? <laughs> yeah, I just want to hug, like, little college net. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she I, was a stressed little bean. <laughs> no kidding. I have a maybe two personal questions, and we can totally cut it. And you oh, do not yeah, have to no, it. go for it. Um, how do you... Like, as somebody that, like, deals with PTSD, I feel like you'd have similar kind of fallout from that. Mm. Like, it seems like you'd have some similar symptoms because you're not sleeping. Like, it would trigger your fight or flight, which um, I had a really hard time with grad school because I was always in that hypersensitive fight or flight. And you can't engage the part of your brain where you're, like, able to think in smaller detail. Yeah. And... I've spoken science with you. You are an incredibly, incredibly intelligent woman. Oh, no, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) Like, I just, I want to, I guess I'm curious as to, like, how you were able to learn anything. Like, Oh, I was a disaster. (laughs) Yeah, because it feels like the fallout from that would be, like, once a week, because you'd be anticipating it. Yeah, it's sort of, because it, it, it was not, like, Ah, every Monday night I have a sleep yeah, paralysis. Right. It was like roughly like they were happening frequently, yeah. many times a month. I think but that's sporadically. Worse oh yeah, absolutely. Because you never know when it's yeah. coming. Um, it it was tough. Yeah, I mean it was it was a rough time. I was in bad shape. <laughs> well, not to like, not like toxic positivity. But like you're a bad bitch, and uh, oh, you got you. through it. And uh, I did, yeah. I, I'm impressed. Like <laughs> proud of you, and I'm proud of college, oh, Nettie. Thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> did you say what you said? Oh yes. It sounded like you said I guess, and I just wanted to clarify. Oh, she know. actually said, "Oh yeah," and then busted through a wall. Yes, I am the yeah, I guess we're proud of college. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I know that's not what you said, but yeah, <laughs> it is hard to hear. So. <laughs> I think part of it too, like one, I was in bad shape. Like I should have been in therapy and on medication, and very much was not. Mm. Um, but I am also probably I'm very good at when it comes to a crisis situation, mm-hmm. I just put everything away, compartmentalize, and get the job done. <laughs> I am familiar with this method. <laughs> yes. yes. So, like, this is completely unrelated to any of it, but there was a point where I was transitioning from being a grad student to being an employee instead. Mm-hmm. And I had one person in management tell me I could continue living in the housing that I was in And then I actually talked to housing and they told me, no, I could not continue to live in the housing I was in. And I had to move out within a week. Yeah. (laughs) That's a totally different story. I was nearly homeless in New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. Within two hours, Mm -hmm. I had come up with a solution. Yeah. Like I I ended up crashing with my two best friends there for a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And then I had found a sublease that I could do. It was just like, there was just a month period where it was like, the sublease wasn't going to be open yet. I put all my stuff in storage and got it figured out. And I was totally fine 
until years later when I started unpacking that in therapy. And we were like, hey, Nettie, why are you so scared of failure? And I was like, oh, yeah, because the last time I felt like I failed, I nearly became homeless. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm, that's some trauma to unpack. <laughs> Our grad school experiences are very different, but they also have weird overlaps. Yeah. <laughs> like when I was homeless and living in a slum house. Jesus! <laughs> it's fine. Wait, no, was, like, not. I, I, like, it was, I found out, and it's not, it's, this is because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, it was my understanding that the lease would end when we graduated, mm. because that's what fucking makes sense. Sure. And so, when I saw the date, and it said 11 10 I thought it was November 10th, and I was like, okay, so there's, like, a month before actual graduation. I'll just work and hang out with my boyfriend's family at the time. And, uh, no, the dates in England are opposite. Yeah, they sure are. So I found out after I turned in my my dissertation, uh, I went in a... So this is a much different experience. Yeah. I went in a railing, blew most of my money because I didn't need to pay rent. Because I, you know, paid for the year. Um, Got a call or an email about move out dates. And I was like, oh, that's two days before I defend my dissertation. Oh, God. And I had to move by bus (gasps) to a place that would let me live there for a month and a half. Oh, my God. With a cat because they don't have ESAs there. Yeah. Or I think, I think a lot of people might have let me get away with it because they're like, she's American, she'll sue us. <laughs> um, but ESAs aren't as big there, so they're not going to just let you have a cat right, because right. you're unwell. <laughs> um, but, yeah, because I needed to bring Teddy with me. Um, I lived in this place, and I spent all my money trying to live there. And because I was on a student visa, I couldn't work more than 20 hours a week. Mm. And um, so I was working for my lab after that, but they also couldn't pay me until the work was complete because it was like a you were contracted to get this job done. Oh, geez. So I got paid. When I was back in the U.S. Oh, my God. <laughs> my uh, housemates would just leave, like, a loaf of bread and some beans, and I ate beans and toast for, like, <laughs> weeks. It's fine. It's It was fine. Ha <laughs> It was funny. There were syringes in my backyard and a uh, slug infestation in the kitchen and oh a basement gosh. that you couldn't go in because it was, like, they'd moved everything out and just thrown it into the basement, and I'm pretty sure if you emptied it that you'd find a body, but it's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a story, though. It's yeah. so fun yeah. to have some fun, fun stories. <laughs> fun stories. My therapist talks about it in a way I really like, where she says, like, compartmentalizing is, like, such a good skill set in the time. Like, in yes. the time, you you have to get through it, mm-hmm. and that is your body adapting to it, but the real problem becomes when, like, 
you don't learn to unpack those things when you're in a space you can. Yes. Um, and when it becomes like your only coping mechanism and you're like, okay, let me shove this away rather than like, let me deal with this later. I don't know about you, but I just got back from my road trip on <laughs> Sunday and I have not unpacked. Uh, <laughs> and that is a very good representation. Yeah. <laughs> and I also want to know, did did the experience stay the same each time? Mm. Were there any for differences? Yeah. Not. Y- yes, it did stay okay. the same pretty much every time for that like couple month period. It, it was just always... The cement, some, the only subtle differences were sometimes there were cinder blocks between the slabs of cement. Oh, oh he got just, creative. you know, for variety. <laughs> just, His own little Nettie Tetris game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I do want to know, did you ever find out was it in the bag? No, it was, it was, I knew what was in the bag. It was the breath from other people that he had stolen. Oh, oh my God. That's really creepy. Sounds yeah. like a red cap. It does. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. No, yeah, it was a bag of air. It, it was like the creepiest Santa sack you've ever seen. It yeah. was like, it wasn't like he was carrying around an empty bag. It was like he was carrying around this huge, like, full like a long sack. Yeah. It didn't look like a long, no, but yes, like, basically. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. yeah. Interesting. Did you ever have this after you got no. out of that pace? Wow. No, it happened repeatedly for months, and once it stopped, he's never come back. It's really interesting how we, or how your body tells you that enough is enough. Yeah. <laughs> I Apparently, at some point, I just hit a point where my brain said, we're done with that now. Yeah. And, and like, it's not like I've never had a sleep paralysis episode since then. I have. Uh-huh. But they've always been different. Um, like, Not like a weird episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, the CGI work too. <laughs> yeah. that, you? The first time I had sleep paralysis, I didn't know what sleep paralysis was. And I was in high school. I was early in high school. And my older sister was in college. My little sister was having a sleepover with her friend. And so they were in the room, and my mom never locked our doors at our old house. Mm-hmm. We locked doors now. Like, we grew up in a place, like, obviously you should lock your doors. But, like, we didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And it was also a time where, like, we had very different things. So we were coming and going, and, like, I don't know. Like, it made it easier. But I would obsessively lock the doors at night. And I have a few, like, OCD things that, like, I yeah. still, like, right now my big one is gas. Mm in the uh, stove, but mine then was locking. Oh, yeah. Well, well, that happened a month before the fire. I started that a month before our fire. Hmm. We can get onto premonitions in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, so I had locked the garage and the front and back door, and in it, this guy and I could like, because you know you can like see where you're not at when you have these dreams, and I didn't understand it. But in the laundry room had slid open the window. We kept unlocked at all times in case someone got locked out. And came in the laundry room. And I was laying, like, upside down in my bed so I could see into the hallway. And I could watch him climb over the washer and dryer and into the laundry room. And he was, like, in all black. And um, he 
had his like hood up so I couldn't really see his face and he was slowly creeping and he like looked into my room and like we made eye contact and then he came into my room and he put a gun against my head and I had literally my life flash before my eyes and because I didn't know this was a dream and I had the thoughts of before I died and it was like oh my gosh my sister's gonna die my mom's gonna die my my sister's friend who just happens to be here and when he pulled the triggers when I woke up oh my god and it was it was genuinely something like I dealt with it was traumatic I dealt with for months and I I didn't even know what a um what this type of dream was for yeah. years so years later in college when someone was telling me about it I was like what the fuck I've had this because I had absolutely no clue and I remember I just like curled up in a ball in my in my the chair in my mom's room and like did not sleep at all and just like sat in that bed and I woke up at like crying I had a random like stray thought yeah so when your life flashes before your eyes, a lot of the time it's because of a DMT release. Oh. I wonder. Like, it wouldn't make sense for your brain to have released DMT. Yeah. But. But I want to know. I can't yeah. test your brain. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to. Ugh. Yeah. And that's honestly horrifying. And I didn't know you could be. Because I am not somebody that's experienced any night terror. Or mm. Experience night terrors, uh, <laughs> sleep paralysis. Um, aside from the one, but the, whatever. Um, I didn't know you could be upside down or in a different space. I thought it was always like you were trapped to your bed. So... Oh, I was like trapped in my body and I couldn't move and I could see into the hallway. So I just mean my the head of my bed. I would not have been able to see into the hallway. But I could like see into the li- into the laundry room as I wouldn't be able to. So it like was oh. half dream at the start, but I knew I needed to get up and save my family. I knew there was a guy there mm. and I could feel in my body that I could not move and I was trapped. And like when we made eye contact, that was the worst because like he knew yeah. that I could not move. Yeah. The uh so I have many a years ago have smoked quite a bit of DMT. And, uh, it honestly, like that is some, like an experience you could actually have smoking DMT. Really? It sounds kind of similar to that. Like like, if you're having a bad trip. I want to circle back to it at some point and maybe I'll just tweet about it later or we can put it on Instagram. (laughs) But I want to know if you can like, if there's any reason why you would accidentally release DMT. I'm like, yeah, like a, were you like dying (laughs) at night? Do you remember? I don't. I don't know if it's like a Mandela effect or whatever, or if it was just like a theory people had, but do you remember people saying that you couldn't die in your dreams and shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I died in my dreams all the time. All the time. Always. I still do. Is it, a, is it, a bra- our brains are wired a little different thing? <laughs> or is it like, a, we just, people just don't remember dying in their dreams? I think. Well, I think some people don't have like traumatic dreams. Like, imagine that being a rare thing. But also, I don't think when I was having those kinds of dreams to start, though, I don't think I'd experienced a lot of trauma. I think mine was from severe anxiety because I think people with anxiety tend to like you know how you're you spiral into the worst no i don't i've never had anxiety. (laughs) so even as a child like i remember anxiety spirals and i think the the deaths in my dreams were the same 
And I still get like the when the falling, and then when I hit the ground, I wake up. Oh no! I can be dead on the ground, and the dream will keep going. I will not wake up. That's so weird. That's to the me. thing. It's like some. So I have a really hard time waking up anyway. Mm. Like I'll sleep through thirteen alarms, and I realized today, like I was, maybe something's wrong with me. Yeah. But no, I can die. I can get shot in a dream, and it will keep going. I will die, and I, I know I'm dead. And life moves on. It okay. Nobody. Okay. I have a few times. Yeah, not I, I have never died in a dream. Oh. Okay. That's. I thought that was pretty normal that people didn't dry, die in dreams. Yeah. Like, I have a few. Do you remember not. when? Like it was like if you die in a dream, you die in real yes. life. Yes. Oh well, yeah, but that's a whole. <laughs> I thought it was real in elementary school, and I was like, why am I not dead? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. But what if? Like, maybe you do release DMT. Like, there are certain brains that do release it, and you die in your dream, and that doesn't happen for everybody. Mm, weird. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Because, like, if our it's brain believes just, it. Uh, I'm not a real scientist. I'm just hypothesizing at 1 a.m. <laughs> weird thing. It's just a weird thing. That's I genuinely never dream. I'll maybe have three dreams in a year. Oh. Weird thing. That happened to me when I started compartmentalizing, and when I did EMDR, my dreams started coming no, back. No, don't want so, them. So, um... <laughs> don't want them. Therapy, bitch! <laughs> yeah. That's funny, because mine's the opposite. I would dream all the time because I couldn't car- compartmentalize in my sleep, and mm. now that I do EMDR, I feel things. Oh, I have full control okay, of my so sleep. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have dreams, but I would still have night terrors. Oh, yeah. Because I broke my hand in my sleep oh, my twice. God. If you ever want to test how much control I have over my sleep, uh-huh. don't let anyone set an alarm and tell me what time you want me to wake up. I guarantee I will wake up at that time. Wow. I guarantee I'll make it. It's true, though. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> I'm like, I promised my coworkers I will be in at this time. I set 13 alarms. Mm. I woke up at 7 and was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Start to move out of bed and don't make it somehow. <laughs> and then 9.05, Mike comes in and is like, if he's sleeping on the couch. That's usually the time when I can't get mm. up because otherwise he'll yell at me to wake <laughs> up and turn off my damn alarms. I can hear the alarms usually like while I'm putting my makeup on in the morning and I'm just kind of like dancing to them. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I, uh, I highly recommend Alarmy, Alarm with a Y. Um, I wake up each morning and have to do math to turn it off. So I'll do like... I mean, we will just sleep through I'll that. Sleep through it. I need I need one that shakes the. I need one for oh. deaf people, like they have, Yeah, they do. One for hearing impaired, or um, just sleep with me because I. <laughs> I said ben. I was going to be nice to Ben in this episode because lately I've been getting the falling dreams and I full on jump when I hit the ground uh-huh. and will fall back and the whole bed shakes. That wouldn't wake me up. Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh, I guess I do have to tell a story because Allie requested me to. Brie uh, requested. Oh, Brie, Brie requested me to. That's Just right. Just about me. Funny. <laughs> so I do have sleep. So I usually only get sleep paralysis because I have this really gross thing that I do where I fall asleep with my eyes open a lot. <laughs> and that's usually when I'll have like when I'll start seeing weird shit. But actually it was before I moved in here. Probably I want to say it was possibly the night of your birthday, your 30th birthday. No. Yeah. No, I was so 
miserably drunk that time. It was a different hangout time. I stayed over that night. It was a night where we did a uh, just a hangout sleepover. Oh, okay. So we were having a sleepover oh, that's right, here. You definitely left before the cops came. No, yeah. you, Ben, you were there when the cops came. Ben caused ben. the cops to came. It wasn't Ben. It was Oscar. Oh, Oscar. Okay. Someone was making the How cops. How dare come. someone leave the house? <laughs> Mike forgot to turn off the alarm system. Oh, and I was in a coffin. So this was another night. <laughs> yeah, it was another night, but. I was sleeping on the couch and like it actually weirdly so I had fallen asleep on the couch and I want to say it was a night that I actually got pretty drunk which isn't usual for me because no. I'm pretty big so it takes me a little bit of time to get to that point but I was sleeping on the couch and something felt really wrong which is not like a feeling I ever get in this house which is very weird. Um, so I don't know if my body just was like not reacting well to me having mm-hmm. alcohol. So I actually looked up and I ended up seeing like kind of like that dark cloud. And then like I ended up like feeling like I kind of was able to point my eyes away from it. But I like could not get up. And I think you were here too. I think you were sleeping on the couch right over here. Out of the corner of the room. So my eyes are open and I'm asleep. And I just have this weird nervous feeling. And I just <laughs> see this big gigantic lump of like curly brown hair (laughs) like come from one side of my vision and then it slowly spins and it's Allie's cackling face (laughs) it's just a gigantic floating Allie head just laughing maniacally and then it just like spins around and goes back out of view and then I'm finally able to like get myself awake like and to where i can move again but i was just like paralyzed to this oh horrifying gosh. face i I hope you know that whenever sleep paralysis comes up during class i tell my students that i am officially a sleep paralysis demon <laughs> and i am so fucking proud of that it's I very love true that for you yeah. <laughs> Don't let your dreams be dreams. You see to pass that fear along to your students so they can see you in their nightmares Oh my too. gosh, what a real power move. <laughs> Haunt them in their sleep. You're too nice. You need to put the fear of Allie in them. The fear of Allie. So scary. So scary. <laughs> <laughs> All five foot two. <gasps> yeah, for anyone who's listening, Allie is incredibly short. <laughs> <laughs> gets off a very short energy and it's not like like in a condes like she just is very sweet and like for reference she is my height and i forget yeah every day that she's not like six inches shorter than me because she could just i could just put her in my pocket <laughs> yeah i hated this at first and i still hate it but i also love it because that's, I had to start describing it to you in a way that you wouldn't get so mad. Yes, that's also true. <laughs> if you like it, it takes the fun away from me, so yeah. I'm done. You're tall, fine. <laughs> no, I take it back. It's still short. Sanetti, <laughs> <laughs> any closing thoughts or anything? Wait, wait, no. Oh. Speaking of don't let your dreams be dreams. That's what I was going to say. Don't let your dreams be dreams. We got some dream uh, shit up uh, in uh, here. A prophetic <laughs> scientist. Yeah. It was not a very scientific prophetic dream. So there's a 
15 second version of this story and then there's a much longer version of the story where I have to do a lot of explaining in context. We're here for either. Yeah. <laughs> and it's raining. Oh, what a vibe. Hillary so, Duff me. Um, so I, I did have a prophetic dream. Also in graduate school. A lot of weird dream <laughs> stuff happening while I was in yeah. graduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was in... This would have been in the fall of my second year of grad school. So um, for context, when I started graduate school, I joined um, Princeton's Taekwondo team. uh, And I was doing Taekwondo competitively. And uh, Princeton is part of the Eastern Collegiate Taekwondo Conference. And I have to go into a lot of detail to explain a very, very simple prophetic dream. <laughs> punch boy. Yes, yes. So um, we would do, um, you do both, it's called pumse or forms and yeah. sparring at the tournaments. Mm-hmm. And the way they did sparring in the ECTC was you had um, A team, B team, and C team. And then A team was basically um, your almost black belts and black belts. Mm-hmm. They could knock each other out. They could beat the crap out of each other, whatever. You had B team, which was intermediate and had what are called junior safety rules, where if you were going to kick somebody in the head, you had to do it gently. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, though, like if yeah. you clobbered somebody, you would get a deduction. But if you just lightly tap the side of their head, you'd be you okay. Points. Yeah. And then you had C team, which was your newbies, your mm-hmm. white belts, yellow belts. Um, where there's no head contact allowed at all because we yeah. don't want these brand new people. I was a yellow bell. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> I um, was eight. So it's a little different. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> um, and then, so at this time, I was C team. I was still very new. I was a yellow belt at the time, oh. coincidentally. Um, and the way they did the sparring there as well was that you sparred in three man teams. So you had a lightweight, a middleweight, and a heavyweight. You would compete against another three-man team. Whoever wins best of three moves on to the next round of the tournament. Yeah. Um, I am actually a short person. I'm only five foot two. (laughs) What a great number. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I, this was still very, very early in my Taekwondo career, I was trying to become a lightweight, but at the time, I was still middleweight, mm-hmm. um, which is basically, I was short for middleweight, but it was okay. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you really quick yes. just to tell you that I always think you're 5'6". <laughs> <laughs> so I, saying, I wish. I oh Nettie's my God. She's <laughs> I thought you knew Nettie was 5'2". I knew Nettie was 5'2", and that's why I thought you chose it. Wait, you didn't genuinely choose 5'2 on purpose? No. What? (laughs) I thought you were being sarcastic. I literally knew. That's so funny. (laughs) I really just always picture Allie as being really tiny. That's really funny. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. So... Basically, long convoluted story. I'm, I'm getting to the point, but the point is I was in this very weird situation. Yeah. So lightweights were anybody, I think the cutoff was 119 pounds or mm-hmm. lighter. So it was all the really short, really tiny people. Mm-hmm. Middleweights was everybody between 119 and 137. 
And then heavyweight was 137 and up, mm-hmm. which meant that, you know, for the heavyweights, if you were a short, heavier person, you would still be fighting the girls who were 5'10", 5'11", yeah. and it's terrifying. Um, so we were going to, it was like the second tournament of the year or something. We had our three-man team, but our normal heavyweight couldn't make it to this tournament. Mm-hmm. And we had one girl who was super tiny, really tiny. She was our lightweight. And then we had another girl on our team who was still a white belt, and this was going to be her first tournament ever. Wow. But she was also a middleweight. Uh-huh. So it was she was middleweight, and I was middleweight. One of us was going to have to do what's called fighting up, where yeah. you fight in the higher weight class, which you are allowed to do. Yeah. It's not the smartest thing in the world, but you're allowed to do it. I was so worried you were going to say we had to, like, do a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was like, no. Oh, okay. But the thing was, is between the two of us, I was a lot more confident and I had yeah. more experience yeah. sparring. So even though I was shorter and a tiny bit lighter than her, I was the one who was like, I'm going to fight up. Mm-hmm. I don't want this white belt to fight up, get hurt, and then never do Taekwondo again because she's yeah. also really good and I didn't want her to get hurt. So I was like, whatever, it's fine. I'll fight up. So I knew going into this tournament, I was going to be fighting up a class, which is weird and scary because I'm 5'2". And I was genuinely fighting girls that were like twice my size. Oh my god! Yeah. So I knew this was going to happen going into the tournament. Where did you find someone ten four? Yeah. <laughs> twice my size, weight wise. Giant woman. Giant woman. I just want a giant woman. So I probably this is me rationalizing now. I probably had some like subconscious concerns about yeah. fighting up, fears about. Fighting in a higher weight class, I had practiced sparring against all of the tallest, biggest girls on the team in, like, preparation. So I'd done everything I could to prepare for fighting up. And two nights before the tournament, Mm -hmm. I was dreaming about being at the tournament and fighting and sparring. Mm -hmm. And I dreamt that I got kicked in the face and got my nose broken. Oh. And of course, this was, you know, I was a yellow belt, junior safety, not even junior safety rules, no head contact allowed. Yeah. I was like, I woke up and I was like, that's ridiculous. They're not even allowed to kick me in the face. Like, oh I'll gosh. be fine. Two days later at the tournament, I am in my very first fight of the tournament. I am fighting a girl who I didn't know at the time, but coincidentally was also fighting up. Uh, who had a good four or five inches on me in height. Um, so six foot. <laughs> <laughs> and, My height. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she, because she was taller than me, she employed a technique called push kicking against me, which is very rude in Taekwondo because it's not a scoring kick. You almost virtually cannot score with a push kick because you literally just like, it is exactly what it sounds like. You put your foot on someone's chest and shove them away from you. It's just, it's a move for making space so you can actually land a scoring kick. But because she was a lot bigger than me, she was just shoving me all over the ring and getting points for pushing me down or pushing me out of bounds. Yeah. I was like, this is stupid and I hate this fight. 
So I'm having a terrible fight. And then she push kicks me right in the hip. She got below my chest guard and got my hip socket. And I just went straight to the ground because she just took my leg out from under me. So that was already like only a semi-legal kick. Yeah. And the thing is, in Taekwondo, if somebody ends up on the ground, you stop the fight. Yeah. It's not wrestling. It's not judo. You right. don't keep going if somebody's flat on the ground. So I fall backwards. I'm uh-huh. flat on my back on the ground. The center ref has, oh, like, God. put their hand out to stop the fight. Uh-huh. I sit back up, and she kicks again. <gasps> what the fuck? Yep. I knew the story, but I didn't know all of it. Yep. That's so frustrating. I gotta fight her. Yep. But, yeah. like, like, um... From far away yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, so while I'm sitting up, she does just a straight front snap kick. Her heel went straight into my nose and broke my nose. Where was the critical thinking in that? Yeah. Uh, nowhere. The thought was keep fighting. It, it was Good. ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I thought I was dead. Oh, <laughs> I was. I had like read stories when I was younger about yeah. like somebody getting punched in the face, literally bone killing them by yeah. going into their brain. I was sure that had happened to me. I was like lying oh, on the floor no. crying, and I was like, "I'm dead. I'm dying." But yeah, that's how I got my nose broken. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't know. Wow, that's so weird that Wait. you knew. Yeah. <laughs> Did she face any repercussions? She, uh, I won the fight because it was an illegal kick and I could not continue after an illegal kick. Yeah. Had I been able to continue, she would have just gotten like a one point deduction. Um, but because I couldn't continue and it was an illegal kick, I won the fight by default. Good. But I also, because I couldn't finish the fight, I then was not allowed to fight for the rest of the tournament. Neither, I mean, they were done, but she wasn't allowed to either, but... No, really, the only repercussion was that she lost the fight. Wow. That was pretty much it. And this just goes to show how competitive I was. I was so mad that I wasn't going to get to fight for the rest of the day. Because, like, that's a loss for my team yeah. every time they go up to fight. They don't what? have a heavyweight anymore. It's a loss of your time. Yeah. Too. And <laughs> I will forever thank my friend for this. She was coaching me, and I literally am laying flat on my back. Uh-huh. And the the, the EM, ENT, ENTs, EMTs, 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 I needed an ENT later. <laughs> yes. Um, the EMTs are over. They're, like, checking me out. But they hadn't sat me up yet, so no one knew my nose was bleeding profusely except yeah. me because I could feel it going down the back of my throat. No. And I'm laying there. I had been, like, literally screaming on the ground because my nose just got broken and I had like started to compose myself and I'm laying there and the center ref asks the question they have to ask to determine if I'm winning and they're disqualified or yeah. if the fight goes on. The center ref leans over and goes, can you continue fighting? And I'm laying there, blood running down the back of my throat, tears running down my face. And I go, how much time is left? <laughs> So I was like, I could stand there for like five seconds oh my and gosh. not be cut out for the rest of the tournament. And my friend, bless her soul, leans over and just goes, Nettie, you're done. You're <laughs> and then uh, the, you don't need a friend like that. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then the EMTs sat me up and my nose just started fountaining blood and they yeah. were like, yeah, she's done. <laughs> that, go ahead. 
Oh, the only thing I was going to say is it's it's good you have a friend like that. And it's funny <laughs> because you're my friend like that. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I have become that friend. <laughs> I think sometimes we all need to be it for each other because yes. I know when I'm being a lot sometimes, <laughs> but it's a lot easier to notice it on other people. <laughs> That's like, true. I'll keep you in check if you keep me in check. Yeah, yeah. But do appreciate that about you. Yes. <laughs> Ellie, what were you saying? Oh, okay. People get so fucking weird in Taekwondo about that shit, too. Like, there's some that are always petty. Oh, yeah. Because mine was always, we did the second type, where it's you can make contact, but you can't do, like, real damage. Yes, yeah. So you can touch and, like, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always were classed by belts. Yeah. And so I did it when I was a kid, so I was, like... 12 years old mm-hmm. going against 17 18 year olds and which is dumb and one of them, i don't think that's a good idea not. yeah and he and i hated this guy ever since we've had beef but he um we were sparring and i kept oh i love roundhouse kicks those are yeah. my favorites and i kept smacking him with them not enough to hurt but i just kept getting him and he was getting more and more pissed and he's like you're gonna hurt me you're gonna hurt me oh, you have no control on. i'm like the control is touching you and not hurting you yeah like that's it so he just started he decided if i'm gonna touch him he's gonna use full force on his and i'm like it's there are always those people in Taekwondo there are. that just don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, though. And I, I don't want to be, like, mean or sexist or anything. Yeah. But even in a team, when it's, like, knocking someone out is a valid way to win yeah. when you're on a team. Like, that's you can legitimately knock someone unconscious and win the fight. But you almost never see women going for the knockout. You will see men go for the knockout all the time. That is not sexist or mean. <laughs> it is honestly aggression against women is part of the patriarchy. And it's a problem. It's a systemic problem in other yeah. other sports. Um, the military. Yeah. So you can say that. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Almost mo- yeah. no gun violence. Much Almost. less gun violence is perpetuated by women. It's the same. It's that. Yeah. It, it's part of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And, uh, and gun violence that's done by women is almost always someone they know, which I'm like, they probably deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my master, he, <laughs> when we were sparring, I was a kid again, and this guy's like, he's literally was friends with my dad. Um, the spinning back wheel. Yeah. And I ducked. Yeah. And I got kicked in the eye. Like, oh. heel to the eye. And I was just told, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have ducked. And, like, brush me off. Just oh sent me off. Yeah. That was the only, <laughs> there was no check-in. There was no. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. it's weird. It's yeah. just such a different mentality. It is. Yeah. And it depends very, very much what school you go to yes. and what the, the instructor is like. Because I will say, the girl who broke my nose, I'm not going to name any universities, but <laughs> the, the school she went to, the master was known for encouraging dirty fighters among his... Uh, Cobra Kai. Uh, well, kind of, yeah. Okay. Like, he, he had a reputation for, like, telling his students to go for the kill and, like, to, oh. to like, go for, 
like the dirty shots and you know the the type of fight where she's just like shoving me all over the ring and yeah. just being a bully a about it yeah. and it's like yes it's valid and it was working against me well but it's also like you don't have to be a dick yeah it kind of reminds me of like when you're fighting with your sibling and they're smaller than you and you kind of like hold their forehead and they're trying to swing at you yeah that's what she was doing yeah yeah she was was doing the taekwondo fucking dick move yeah (laughs) it's not fun (laughs) and i accidentally kicked a kid's tooth out oh Oh, is you ah oops but it was like a size difference thing. Yeah. Because I was 12, but I was 5'8. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. That's, yeah, that sounds right. I was very tall. Yeah. Um, early. And uh, she was. We've all known that I'm not good at judging heights, but she was very short. Absolutely <laughs> very short. I could kick over her head. Yeah. I should not have been sparring with her. Not as a child, no. No, yeah. no it no. just, no. Because in our ages, we're, we're age different, too. Yeah. So I think we had the same belts, but I start. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, like, it was an accident. I was apologetic. And at least, like, I don't know. This is a weird memory that I don't even, I don't know. It's like a very distant. I don't. I think everybody was really nice and checked in on her. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And on me, because I was like, oh, my God killed her no <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah but yeah that's an interesting prophetic dream yeah. yeah because it's not even like um like it has to do with what you were doing but a lot of times i try to convince myself that all my dreams that come true i'm like well i'm just really perceptive and this is the rational conclusion that any brain would come to but it's not true and that's not. Yeah, getting my nose broken in a fight yeah. where head contact is not even allowed no, no. is very unusual. <laughs> right. Yeah. One, uh, yeah. I think we've probably covered most of mine, but um, I had one about, like, my hitting a car. Yes. I know we talked about that one. But that one was, like, I even <laughs> tried to avoid it. But we all know from watching that so Raven that never works. (laughs) I do like that we've been having like a um, dream themed or sleep themed episode (laughs) and um, my dog interrupted us having weird dreams. Yes. (laughs) Very uh, on theme. Apropos. Thank you, Figgy. Thank you so much for you know, opening up to us and letting us harass you in the middle of the night about (laughs) your weird sleep. I wonder why you don't sleep well. Gee, I wonder. (laughs) at 1 (laughs) a.m. But yeah, it's been really fun talking to you. And of course, come back and hang out with us anytime. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I really like the um, logic, like the, the brain aspect of creepy things too. Mm-hmm. yes like psychological the psychological aspect of how mm-hmm. we um interact with our environment mm. i like that yeah i mean i don't it's terrible <laughs> but it's cool i just think it's fascinating how our brains can rationalize and process things but also be like yeah, that's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I wonder how much of that is like um, residual, like protective. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Vestigial. Mm-hmm. Even. I know science words. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. Um, Thanks for joining us on this week's adventure, and special thanks to Anthony Ployhar for our original music. Find more at eeriequery.com, share your stories to eeriequerypod at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at eeriequery. Bye! Bye. Bye. Grab somebody sexy, tell them hey!